One of the values in our church is people telling their stories. And there's something powerful about hearing from one another uh, and, and talking about real life stuff. And so I am so grateful when people are willing to do that. Heather is going to be interviewing and trying to keep these guys you know, in check this morning. But I want you to uh, welcome them as they share this morning the, the, the message of the morning today on this Father's Day. Kellen, Best, and Perry. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. And as uh, we heard already, this day is kind of a fraught day with celebration, first, honoring the way God intended for our families to come together in celebrating the Father, and sometimes also uh, tears for fathers we have lost, fathers we never got to establish a relationship with. There's also celebrating fathers who have stepped in, who maybe biologically are not a dad, but who have fulfilled a role um, for others in their lives. There might be, you know, clever little cards handed out, you know, with like suit that opens and tie in the middle. I remember those from crafts at school. Or, uh, you know, the all famous number one dad or I love dad, uh, handmade cups. Uh, there might be barbecues, although today that might be off the schedule. There could be some alone time, precious alone time, to reflect and refresh. Whatever the way is that this day is getting spent, we're going to celebrate here um, by talking about the way fatherhood in real life shows up. Because all those scenarios that I just mentioned are real life, aren't they? Life is a bit of a roller coaster. There's highs definite highs of euphoria and lows, some unexpected turns and loops where your stomach drops out. And like a roller coaster, fatherhood, it's whipping by so fast because the older those kids get, the faster time is moving. And uh, we're going to hear all of it today from, from these three imperfect uh, and growing dads. One of them happens to be my husband, so I'm on good authority about that. <laughs> um, and purposefully, uh, as we prayed uh, about who might be good to have on the stage, we were not in any way looking for perfection. Instead, looking for authentic men who could share their story. The positive experiences, the funny memories, the regrets, possibly, and certainly their commitment to the role that they have been gifted by God. And so without further ado, we're going to start first by you telling us a little bit about the kiddos who gave you the title. Who do you have in your family? How old are they? And also, how old were you when you first became a dad? We'll start with you, Kellen. Okay. Uh, is, hear me okay? Um, so... I have three absolutely incredible kids, uh, six, a uh, six-year-old daughter named Addison, a, a three-year-old son named Theo, and a 18-month-year-old, almost 18 months, I should say, uh, a, a daughter named Nobly. And so uh, I was 27 when I first became a dad, and uh, I, I, I was one of those people that thought, oh, I always want to be a dad, I think it's going to be really 
It's going to be fantastic. Uh, it was 51% of me wanted a boy first, which was probably like 90% of me wanted a boy first. And then I had this girl that uh, became my best friend. And now it's just so cool getting to watch each of these you know, little people grow up and to be slightly bigger people. And um, it is, it's been the most rewarding, challenging, uh, incredible experience that you know, so many of you uh, know that exact feeling. Um, but I, I couldn't be happier being a dad. It's the best job in the world. Awesome. Make sure you keep your microphone close to you. I'll keep it very close. And good guidance for the two of you as well. Keep your microphone close. OK, best. how about you? Um, I have five kids. I think I probably have more than <laughs> <laughs> everyone's sitting here today. <laughs> but anyways, um, I have a 14-year-old, um, got an 8-year-old, um, seven. I got a four-year-old. <laughs> There's so many he has to think about. And a one-year-old. <laughs> you know, I was 31 when I became a dad. And um, I'm great, very grateful to God for the opportunity to be a dad. Um, it's been a very fantastic journey so far. I wasn't expecting to have five, by the way, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> they are blessings from the Lord, the Bible tells us. And Perry. I, I became a dad when I was 34. Four. Uh, I have Lauren, she's 16, and Drew's 12. My husband is a man of few words. <laughs> All right. Okay, so let's get started first with something a little fun. How many times have you watched Dora? The Explorer. Actually, uh, uh, I've watched it, but not with my kids. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Learning a little bit about me right now, but uh, I think once. Once, so it's a, okay. It's a, it's a okay. win. Either of you, Dora the Explorer? Never. Never. I don't, I don't, Laura didn't like Dora. Okay. It's true. She did not like Dora. And how about you, Best? I've heard of that title, but I've not seen it. No? <laughs> no. Barney? No. Okay. All right. So, moving on. Disposable diapers or cloth diapers? Cloth. Best? Disposable. Disposable, because there were five. <laughs> uh, we started with, uh, with cloth, and we are going to finish with disposable here, because okay. let's read in between the lines there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, what we did not tell these dads is that actually this panel is a competition for the number one dad. No, it's, I'm only teasing. Um, I think Best already has it. Actually. Best already yeah. has it because he's going five. <laughs> he was allowed to keep going. All right. So let's um, start with this. You already kind of went there, Kellen. Think back to BK before kids. What did you think fatherhood was going to be like? And when did the reality set in? Directed at me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I was one of those people that always, I did want to be a dad and I wanted the opportunity to, um, I pr probably in like a, a way of, I'm going to get to teach this kid all the things that I, I was able to do. And, uh, and, um, yeah, so I, I did, I actually thought about it a lot. I would, I would think intentionally around 
what, what are the things I would want to do? What are the things I would want to teach? How, do you, how would I want to show up as a dad? And um, I would say I'm, I'm probably batting about uh, um, maybe 250 right now for those baseball fans in the room. Um, and, but yeah, it, you know, before, before I was a dad, I, I, I always I was one of those people that was very intentional thinking about what are those, what's the path that I'm on, the person that I want to be, so that I could lay a good foundation or groundwork for if I were ever have to have that opportunity. Best, how about you? I definitely thought about um, when I was single, uh, I was going to look like, and um, I, I, I grew up in a home with my dad, and I kind of understood how the role of a dad, um, but um, there's a lot I didn't anticipate, of course, and that was a, a shocker. Um, I, when I was single, just looking for the right girl to marry, I... I I think I at least a two, two one or two people that I took out on a date and they were saying they don't want a kid and I'm like okay next <laughs> you know that was because I was I was very conscious about wanting to be a dad and I wouldn't want to try to uh, convince someone to want to go on that journey with me before kids eh? I remember dating my wife that was fun. Um, we still date. We still date. You know, I, I, I don't think I had that much expectations of what it was going to be like to be a father. I don't think I had much of a clue, to be honest. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I think for a lot of things, I don't kind of think forward about what things could be or expect, but, um... You know, if I'm thinking of myself in my 20s and early 30s, yeah, I didn't really have much of a clue. I saw a lot of good fathers, um, you know, actually in church, friends, um, you know, my family. And I think I saw a blueprint, you know, for what it was like to be kind and, and caring and generous and selfless. Um, but boy, it hit the fan when it happened, right? Because I don't think I was prepared. I wasn't prepared to be selfless or, you know, to give myself up a bit to sacrifice. So that took 17 years, maybe. It took a number of years. It took a lot of years for sure. But yeah, if I could think of what it was going to be like back then, I really didn't have much of an idea and it was way more than I could ever imagine, in a good way too, like way more than I could ever imagine it would have, was gonna be. You already started to go to our next question. I did not tell them the questions ahead, just so you know. Um, if, did you grow up in a Christian home and did you have a model that you could start from when you thought about fatherhood or considered how you would show up in a family in your future? Best, can we start with you? Um, I grew up in a, I would say, half and half. When I was a, a very little, my parents were not Christians. Um, they, but they allowed us to go to church because um, I grew up in Africa. And it's not just parents that raise kids in Africa. It's the whole family and friends. And um, we had some friends that go to church. We had some family members that go to church. And they're like, okay, my parents doesn't 
oppose that. They allow, allow us to go to church. And when I was 12, that was when my, my dad gave his life to Christ. And um, he's an extremist. He merely gives his life to Christ. Everybody has to give their life to Christ. <laughs> and that is how he walks with him. And uh, he made sure that happened. And um, I, I, I got to see, uh, not, it, it became my role model. And I'll see uh, what it means to have a, a, a Christian father. And, um, and, and that, that was my experience. Kellen, you look like you have something to share. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm so grateful. I grew up in a Christian um, uh, family, and uh, it was just really quick on my mom. My mom uh, paid all of us kids to read the cover, uh, Bible cover to cover. And uh, if we could do it, we'd get 200 bucks. And so uh, I read it cover to cover. I wanted the money. And, uh, and so uh, eternally grateful for my mom. It's, I know it's Father's Day, but um, yeah, I, I, never, I haven't stopped reading it cover to cover since then. So um, very thankful for that. Eternally grateful, I should say. And uh, my, dad, my dad is incredible. Uh, he had is such a simple way to really like, cut through. Um, if he had a way that he wanted to guide you, it was, he would have a way to kind of give you a little smack with words. And so um, I, I, I still wear a WWJD bracelet, but when I was a teenager, I, I wore a WWJD and I'd take it off for sports, it would get dirty, I'd break them, I'd buy a new one. And so I had this uh, very uh, you know, brilliant idea that I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a tattoo. And so I'm gonna get a, what would Jesus do tattoo? And so I come home, I tell my dad, hey dad, going to get a WWJD tattoo of what would Jesus do? And he says, I'll tell you what Jesus would do. <laughs> he would not get a tattoo. And, uh, and so like, it was those kinds of things that I just, like, he, maybe he could lack it in some bedside manner, but he was so good at just making sure I was, I was course corrected. Um, and then, and that's not an indictment on anyone who has a tattoo. It's just, um, <laughs> It's, you know, that moment in, in t uh, as a teenager in my life, I was, hey, that's not, that's not for my kids. And uh, so he was really good at that. And, um, and so I, the things that I, my dad did really well, uh, I learned a lot from. So, you know, uh, devotions. And uh, I'm talking to my earthly dad right now. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like, you know, we, had, we had weekly devotions. Uh, he brought us to church. You know, we, uh, we prayed all the time. It was such a central focus. And there's also things that my dad maybe didn't do, so, or he would say he didn't do very well, uh, that I learned a ton from as well. And you just if he were to ever you know, do something that he would regret, and the, the, just like the remorse that he would feel, like that, 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 that guilt and wanting so badly to recover. And I think about how that impacts my life now, and I have no problem saying sorry to my wife or my kids. And I, it's so easy for me, because I had this incredible uh, model for me to get to watch for, I still see him, see him do it, and it's, uh, yeah, I'm just extremely grateful it's for my dad. It's a good segue, and I'm gonna give you a second too, Perry, that I was, I was gonna ask all of you what forgiveness looks like in your home. Um, so we'll come back to that in a second, but go ahead, Perry, what, what about you? How did you oh, grow okay. up? Um, yeah, I think in, in my home as uh, growing up, I think faith wasn't something that was talked about. Uh, and I, I think it was my mom and dad were, you know, probably searching on their own a little bit. Uh, I went to Ukrainian Orthodox Church, and everything was in Ukrainian. So as a boy, I didn't understand um, much of anything. And um, 
we had a tragedy in our family uh, when my dad was a kid, and that, I think, uh, that really raised a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions about why God would let that happen or why that happened. And so I think the topic was kind of not comfortable to bring up. And as a boy, you know, I didn't, I, I went to church and went with my parents, but it wasn't really talked about. I didn't understand the gospel message at all because I never heard it in English and I didn't, I wasn't fluent in Ukrainian. Um, so, uh, for me, it was, you know, I became a Christian at 28, but even as a boy, like I, rem I remember, um, you know, part of my journey as a boy was I believed in God when I was 15, 16, having, having a conversation in the basement. Uh, but as far as, um, you know, as far as church life goes, um, wasn't really until later in my 20s that uh, that happened. I can't remember the question now. <laughs> Sorry. You answered it. It's good. Okay. In the Christian sense of being a dad, we would see a lot of different roles or hats, if you will, that you are uh, expected to play or um, needed to play. So I'm going to list a couple of them off, and you might have some additional ones too, but common ones would be disciplinarian teacher, provider, challenger, protector, spiritual leader, and there's more. So what hat, this is for all of you, what hat do you think comes most naturally to you? And how does it show up? While these fine gentlemen think, I, uh, I'll, I'll start. Um, you know, one of the, all of those hats, I think, actually really do resonate. And, uh, and so I'm not copying out on the question saying all of them. Um, but they, there's such an important element to that. And, you know, I talked about before how when I thought, what, do, what does fatherhood look like? And a lot of times when I picture, you know, that father figure, the disciplinarian, the protector, you get this idea of this very stoic man that, um, you know, doesn't, uh, he's got the big thick mustache and, and he's, he doesn't look like he's smiling ever. And I'm like, I can't be that, that one. So I'm happy to being dad, the disciplinarian. But, you know, one of the things I, I think so much about is I want to be the dad that brings joy uh, into this house. And so... Um, how do you lay that foundation so that they can find joy in all circumstances? And uh, so, you know, we have a ton of fun. Uh, one of the best compliments I ever ha uh, received from my wife was uh, she watched me run headfirst into a snow, uh, a mound of snow, and she said, you're going to be young forever. And I thought, that's, thank you. And so uh, being dad filled with joy and hopefully filling my kids up with joy too. I would, I would say uh, those hats, the one that I'm most concerned with is being the spiritual leader. I don't know if I'm that equipped or I do that well, but I know that that's the one that's foremost on my mind. Uh, I'm always thinking about my son and daughter's eternal destiny. And that's... So how does that play out? I mean... Yeah, I think when, when they were younger, I was better at prayer and reading the Bible. And, um, but it's about now it's about conversations about, 
eternal things, and it's, it's about talking about God, and um, it's about talking about their everyday activities and how they are called to be. Um, you know, like my daughter plays softball. You know, she plays a high-level softball, but it's it's such an opportunity to be generous and kind and, and reflect the character of, of God to her teammates. You know, not just, yeah, perform at a high level, that's great, and have fun. Um, but there's an opportunity there, too, even as a leader, as a 16-year-old girl, as a leader, you can, you can lead. And, and um, she does that even without trying. She has that heart uh, that he's given her. She cares, and she's kind and generous, and it does come out. So we, we talk about that, and, um, yeah, I would say the, the spiritual leader is the one I think about the most. Do you have a maybe practice or habit that you are using to sharpen or strengthen this role that you're the most concerned with? Uh, I would say, um, yeah, I would say do. I, at the last year and a half, I've been doing a Bible journey. That's something that I do on my own and just Bible in a year. It's taken me a year and a half. <laughs> are you getting paid $200 oh. like Helen did? No? No. No? No, I'm just, I'm sitting at the, I'm kind of sitting at my work sink in the garage, washing my tools, listening to the Bible app and, and taking some notes. And so it's not something that is consistent, but it's something that I've added. And, and it's something that definitely allows me to have some time out away from everything and uh, refocus. Um, I drive a lot, so I'll do I'll do it a lot in the in the truck. Um, I try to do it first thing in the morning. I try to do it before I talk to my guys and girls at work, um, because even even there, uh, I'm a spiritual leader for them. I feel like a father figure to a lot of them. So, how about you, best? The one that come in um, pretty handy for me is teach, because I naturally love teaching and even when I was single I I was teaching kids and doing all that and it was kind of natural to do that um, but the most challenging one would be um, that's being a spiritual head in the home and providing that that spiritual leadership um, um, in as much as I think I'm getting it by the same time always is what is the marker, right? And um, um, always looking for ways to get better in that area and trusting God to guide and lead me in those areas to be uh, the best I could be in that area. Okay. It is said that one of the best gifts you can give to your kids is to steep them in a strong marriage. And so, no pressure, because I'm, like, right here. But <laughs> what does that look like in your home? How are you investing in your marriage, showing your kids what priority that takes in your life, representing what it looks like to be a husband, and also how a wife deserves to be treated? What does that look like for you guys? The role of wife up here, you know, it gives me some kind of authority today. 
Well, I think one thing that's important is for the for our kids to see us um, like to hang out, spend time together, and still be in love. You know, like you have to show love together to each other as a couple, and so just displays of affection are good. I find it really grosses them out, but um, but it's part of it, you know. And and you know, Heather and I, we we uh, you know, we're not. We're not, sometimes we get off track as far as having dates, but we've always tried to just go, just date each other, right? Sometimes it's every two months. We tried once a month that kind of worked for a bit. Sometimes it's every three months or it's been, it's been, it's been four months, so time to go <laughs> on a date. So we do that, right? And the kids know that and kind of celebrate that. And so I think that's really good. But I think just being affectionate at home too, showing love, uh, physical affection, is an obvious way to do it, you know, and I think that I think that's a good example uh, to see. Yeah. Uh, in our home, uh, I we plan a lot of things. Some then, some of them fall through the cracks, but we really do make that effort to um, plan and um, both what we want to do as a couple and as a family. Um, but we have kids that are very clingy, and they want to be a part of everything. <laughs> and that has been a challenge, you know, trying to figure out how do you want to keep the love alive in your marriage, because the kids are going to be gone one day, and, and at the same time, um, try to carry everybody along. And um, that has been, um, but when it comes to showing affection in the home, I'm very touchy, I'm very physical, I like, I like hugs and kisses and other stuff. And I, I make sure I incorporate that. It doesn't matter if the kids are there or not, you know. And they always kind of sometimes make comments. <laughs> but it is, it is part of it. And they understood. They, they, we're teaching them along as they grow in, in, in these areas, not just by our words, but our actions as well. And, um, you know, there's more we could do because, as I said before, we talk a lot. But... Um, is we just understand that this is a journey. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a dash. At least in our home, uh, we have already admitted we are not perfect. And uh, when we have disagreements or arguments, fights, whatever you want to call it, for us that does happen in front of our kids. For the two of you, does that happen in front of your kids? Uh, our kids are pretty young, so they're, when they go to bed, then uh, it's, uh, the gloves are off after that. It's um, a free-for-all yeah. after they go to bed. Um, <laughs> I would say I, I, I'm sure that uh, Andrew and I, were, we're pretty good about um, if we need space. Like uh, She usually is the one that needs space, and I'm usually the one that's trying to recover very quickly, as per my previous story. Um, but the, uh, it, for sure, they've, they've seen it, but... Um, Marlo can keep me honest on this one. One of the vows that I gave to my wife was uh, to love her like Christ loved the church. That was that's getting an aspiration. So, um, if you can almost see as soon as even the voice raises or the tone of voice changes, and your kids are right away, they notice it. And so, um, trying to you know have kind of that emotional or social intelligence of what's going on around you and how do we let's talk about this later. Um, and the biggest thing is you know kind of ties into the earlier point. Is just build up my wife as much as humanly possible. So even if there's something where they can see that there's tension, okay, how can I use this as an opportunity where they see the tension and I'm 
I'm going to go, I'm going to over-index on, uh, on showing love. And, um, and, you know, it's not always a perfect science for anything like that. And we still have to, you know, clean up later and all that stuff. But uh, I would say the times that my kids have seen it in a few short years is few and far between. With us, it's, it's pretty much, uh, we have 14-year-old. And, of course, we tend to want to keep some things private. But most of the time, my wife wears uh, emotion just right. <laughs> just like a gown. And, and, and it's, most of the time, we just, I am very quick to maybe say something. And, and when, when I say it, you know, it's just difficult to kind of keep it and say, you know what, I'll address it later. And even personally with me, not wanting to throw any light on her, at this point, <laughs> since it's Father's Day, <laughs> I tend to want to address things right away, you know. And even when she says, "Oh, let's do it later," I'm like, "Let's do it right now," <laughs> you know. I just like, and we keep telling ourselves we're gonna do it just in our privacy, but we haven't gotten there yet. We still kind of just get into that place whereby we just address things as it is, but at the same time, we make sure the kids understand that. This is not disagreement. Is not is not misplaced love or anything of such. You know, they still understand that. In as much as we're expressing ourselves emotionally, we love ourselves, and we are expressing that to them, and they can see that. Even when we try to reprimand them as well, they know we love them, irrespective of how we are reprimanding them at that point. Okay. Thank you, uh, gentlemen, and I'm making sure I'm conscious of time, Marlo, to close uh, things off, because it isn't perfect with kids or with each other. What does forgiveness look like? What does reconciliation and restoration look like on a day-to-day -day kind of level in your house? What are some of the practices that you employ? Well, I would say a practice that I've employed most of the time is admitting when I'm wrong and asking for forgiveness. So it could be my wife, it could be my son, my daughter, um, seeking them out and, and saying, you know, I blew it. I blew it there. That, was, that wasn't cool, it wasn't appropriate, I wasn't listening to you. Will you forgive me? So, I mean, that's something that I've done well sometimes, and then some, sometimes pride gets in the way, and it takes, it takes forever to get that out of me. But I think that's something that I've always strived to do, and that is something, for the most part, I think in our house, uh, I see that happen. You mentioned earlier, Bess, that you grew up in a obviously very different culture in Africa, um, and there's a village, as they say, to take care of the kids. Did, did forgiveness happen in that setting as well? And does it look different today, raising kids in Canada? Um, yeah, definitely in, in, in Africa, um, depends on the home, you know. Um, religion is very big there. And um, sometimes depends on how they, they are raised. Um, but in my home, I, I can only speak for my home, um, is, is, I feel like sometimes things kind of boil over 
um, in, in my home with my parents. Uh, but in our home, we, um, we have made that conscious decision to not let anything boil over to the next day. I mean, whatever we're dealing with doesn't go past that day. You know, you don't come to bed angry and wake up the next day angry. Um, and that, that has been um, the, 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 uh, a very strong point in our marriage. And that's really helped in, in, in solving whatever issues that we're, or challenges that we're, we're dealing with at a, at a certain point. Um, but just looking back to how I grew up and the general African culture, um, it is, it is um, every, almost everybody is a fighter, you know, and um, I have that fighting spirit in me as well, <laughs> you know, and um, I think um, the, it, it, even when you see that fight, sometimes you kind of wonder, these people are always fighting because that's all you see, but they have six, seven kids. They must love themselves, <laughs> you know? You're like, we have never seen you guys show affection or love, but look at all these kids to show for your love for each there's, other. There's recovery there's from recovery. that fighting is what you're saying, best. <laughs> Fantastic, okay, so to close things, if you were to leave an inspiring piece of advice, not that I'm putting pressure that you have to have some perfect wisdom, but if you were going to leave an inspiring piece of advice for the dads or soon-to-be dads or those who've stepped in, what would it be? Um, I would say to the, to the dads here, um, your number one job is to be a spiritual head to your, to your family. And um, that, um, my wife always tells me all the time, um, I hope you're praying. I hope you're praying. And I'm like, <laughs> of course I'm praying. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I like the fact that she's doing that. Um, but just to go back to the advice, your prayer is not, a, um, is not in vain. You know, those, I take, to take our time to pray when I'm driving to work because my drive is quite long. Um, I can do more than one thing <laughs> in that journey, uh, back and forth. And I, I just want to admonish our parents, uh, fathers today, take our time to pray for your kids. What I do is I lay hands on my kids at night before they go to bed. I lay hands on them and, and pray for them. And, um, and sometimes I would say scripture over them. And, and I would advise you all to do that, that that are seated here today. And because um, words are powerful, you know, and um, the Bible made that very clear. And as long as you, you keep speaking life into, into your kids, and the only way you can do that is through your words. Uh, and and that, that would show up, that would show up in your future. Um, you know, I can't even express how much um, you would see in the future and you'll be wondering, like there's a lot of things I've said growing up that I see right now and I'm like, wow, that shows how powerful God is and that shows how powerful words are. Go ahead, Kellen. Or oh, Perry's got his microphone up. Yeah. Uh, inspiring piece of advice. The one thing that is inspiring, I think, is um, our Father in heaven can, he provides whatever you're lacking, right, as a father. It's, it, it's, it can be mind-blowing, right? If you're lacking in patience, 
he can show you that through somebody in your life. Uh, just pray for it. Um, ask him for it. Um, if you need to learn how to be gentle, he can give you that. He can change your character into the character of the man he wants you to be. So that's the, that's the most inspiring thing for me is if you're a young father coming into it, maybe feeling overwhelmed, you're under-equipped, you don't, you're not good at this, you're not good at that. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I think our Father, uh, our God, can, He can give you what you need to be that awesome Father. Yeah, I, I was going to say something along the same lines. Uh, power is made perfect in weakness, right? So your weakness and He can make you strong. Um, the other one I just think of quickly is uh, servant leadership is such a huge part of, you know, personal and professional life for me. And, you know, we often think as dads, you know, uh, leaders eat last, right? And so we make sure everybody else's needs are taken care of. And there's one area that I think, um, you know, we serve such a big God that he can make sure all of our needs are met. But uh, as a dad, I, I have to make sure that from a spiritual standpoint, I'm fed. And uh, if, you know, if I'm in a good spot with my faith and my relationship with the Lord, um, I know that the focus of our family is, is there as well. And so uh, just uh, really think about, you know, what you can do every day to improve your relationship with uh, your Heavenly Father. And uh, you, I guarantee that that will change your relationship with your, your kids as a father as well. That's the mic drop moment. Uh, Marlo is going to take us into a time of prayer, right? Yes. Joshua 1.9. God spoke to Joshua, who was stepping into a role of leadership that was daunting. And I think that's what fatherhood is as well at times. And thank you guys for what you've shared today. Very significant. And that little verse says, this is my command be strong and courageous. That's not personality. It's a command from God to all of us as Christ followers. But dads, be strong and courageous. That's not on you. And we've heard it today. Dependence on God. And dependence on a, a, a bride that comes along and, and supports us too to help us be that. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I have memories that are awesome in fatherhood. I have memories that, man, I wish I could have a do-over in that circumstances or the words I spoke or how I responded in discipline or what have you. God forgives. And if you're feeling defeated, dads, any one of you, look to God as your loving, gracious, we sang about it this morning, faithful father. And as we heard this morning, Look to him as the role model. He knows you're not perfect. You know it. Your wife knows it. Your kids know it. You just, it's okay to admit it yourself. It's good to admit it yourself. Say, God, I look to you to help me be strong and courageous in the task that you called me to. Best is going to lead us in prayer. And I want all the dads to stand to your feet right now. And uh, the others of you, if you want to, uh, spouses or kids or uh, friends, whatever, you're nearby, you want to lay your hand on the dad that is standing this morning, I'm going to stand up here beside Best, and I'm going to ask you to move forward here. We're, I'm going to extend my hand as a symbol of agreement in prayer for God to work in your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. 
We we'll pray for every father present here today. Father, we we'll pray for their hearts, Lord. We we'll pray that their heart will be turned to you. That their heart will be full of love. Father, we thank you. We pray that you teach our men to lead their home with great example and lead with character in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for our, for our fathers, Lord. We pray that you give them the confidence to stand apart in today's culture, Lord. We pray that you greatly just continually increase in them. Let your word radiate all over them. Father, we thank you. And we pray that you, rejuve- you rejuvenate them, oh God. You pray that I pray that their commitment to your word will get even bigger. That their unique qualities, hallelujah, to their kids, their kids will see that unique qualities, oh God, that you have imbibed in them. Father, I pray that their stress or pressure that they feel on a daily basis, Father, I pray that you take it away. You take it away, Lord. I pray that you give them the spirit to trust you, trust you, that they will not lack, they will not lack in this area. That they will know that you are the God. And only you they must trust. And those that trust in you never fail. Thank you for your for answers to prayers today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.